So when you guys think of Halloween specials, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? On the count of three, one, two, three. Boy, Boy Meets World. World. Back to the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Anna. I'm John. And I'm Grim. It's the most wonderful time of year where we get to cozy up by the jack-o'-lantern's light and relive all of our favorite Halloween specials. So today we're going to dive deep into some of our favorites from the past into today. So I know you all mentioned uh, Boy Meets World. What is it about that particular Halloween special that, that that's why it's the first thing that comes to mind? I thought that everybody thought of that episode first. I don't know where you came from with Home Improvement. You've never but... seen that with <laughs> uh, It's just the way that they were able to meld, especially with uh, a Scream having come out around that same time, the way that they were able to meld that with what we were accustomed to seeing on Boy Meets World, and then tying it in with those characters and giving us something that was appropriate for the season, but still within that that universe, was awesome. We really got spoiled in the 90s. We had so many awesome Halloween specials. Um, definitely, I definitely see where you guys are coming from with Boy Meets World. It's definitely top tier. That was one of the first things that I would consider like gateway horror that we got because it really didn't pull its punches for a show that was so wholesome and like cool. We learned our lessons with everyone in Boy Meets World. I forget who it was, but somebody gets killed with a pair of scissors and comes out of the coat closet. Oh, that's it was gonna Al. stick with me forever. Wasn't yeah. it Al? No, Feeny got killed with the scissors oh, wait. in the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what it was. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Harman the, the, But yeah. who was it that? Yeah, exactly. The pencil yeah. on the head, and we'll always remember he was this tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you what don't expect that from a kids' show. Yeah. No, not. Yeah. And they made it like a movie. Right? Yes. That was the best part. And like you said, they tied it back in to the season. It was about what was going on in the show. And it was just this glorified Halloween movie that they made part of the season. With every other type of Halloween special, for the most part, it was just a plug of, hey, it's Halloween. Let's just do something because this is the time of the year. They really kind of went out of the way and really made this special for the characters in the episode and for all the people watching which was really great i agree and i disagree because i really feel like maybe not so much now but back then halloween episodes were like the ones where everybody pulled their budget in and made it an experience we got costumes we got sets i mean hell even the programming at the time we got you know things like mcdonald's going all out for their halloween buckets which we're finally getting back this year pizza hut used to go all out for halloween like i feel like all of television was tailored around this time of year, and everybody went all in with costumes and budgets. We got to see, like, Coca-Cola ads with fake Bella Lugosi in them. So I feel like the Halloween episodes that we got of stuff back then, and, like, again, to my point of uh, home improvement, we got a little bit more than we would normally get. The regular sets that we've come accustomed to, like the school in Boy Meets World or the, the Taylor House in Home Improvement, they became something more. They got top-of-the-line animatronics. We got special effects makeup. They really went in to make it feel like a part of the world that we live in every day and get to experience around Halloween. I love that we have all that to look back on as well. You're bringing up a really great point that we got those tailored commercials and those tailored experiences down to like a Halloween-themed Reese's commercial 
which we all remember <laughs> with the with the vampire bites yeah, yeah, and the Reese's. Such a good one. But we don't get that anymore because of the way that television and the way that we consume media has all evolved. Now it's kind of instead of being presented to us, it's catered to us to choose what we want. You know, and I I mean, I feel like that was a very American experience. I don't know how Anna would feel. Yeah, I was going to say we didn't have any Halloween commercials. We didn't have any Halloween TV specials. Um, I had like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon, which most people didn't have at that point because I'm old. And (laughs) um, so no one knew what I was talking about when I'd come into school and talk about Boy Meets World or Spring and the Teenage Witch or anything like that. But we didn't really have Halloween stuff. I mean, like, we've only just started seeing Halloween stuff in stores for the last eight or nine years. Um, and even then it's like a shelf in a store and it's there for like two weeks and it's gone. So I did not have the nostalgic Halloween experience that you guys had growing up. But I lived like vicariously through Halloween specials because that's the only thing I knew about Halloween. And so to me, it was just like this magical thing that happened in America and nowhere else in the world. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Commercialism has done this holiday some good. As much as I love the pagan roots that Halloween comes from, I like to see them as two separate things. I like my commercialized orange, fluorescent orange blow molded pumpkins every year. I like to see, you know, cool, I know that McDonald's is doing a cash grab by bringing the buckets back this year, but I'll be damned if I'm not going to collect all three. Right. Yeah, I think the nostalgia piece, and I think for people like us, Halloween is really our version of Christmas for some people. Yeah. That's when why these, yeah. When, that movie, yeah, Corpse Bride. When whatever. these shows come on, when these commercials <laughs> come on, when we get the opportunity to go back and watch, it's really the one time throughout the year I really feel like a like a child again. Like I can feel my inner child just going back and watching these shows for the first time. And you get that at Christmas for a lot of people, but I, I just feel like it's so special around Halloween because like Anthony said, they just dump so much money and programming into this very short-lived period of time. I mean, Christmas at this point starts before Thanksgiving and goes through January. Oh, really they're already broke. setting up for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Anna just got here and Target is already moving their Halloween shit out for Christmas. And it's not even Halloween. So yeah, sad. it's crazy. Yeah. Like you don't, it, it's, you get this short window where you really get to live that experience that we had when we, had, we were a kid. And to John's point, you don't get those commercials anymore. Like, When's the last time you saw a Reese's, a new revamped Reese's vampire commercial yeah, or a new yeah. revamped commercial? But streaming has made, I mean, it's been bittersweet because you can go back and watch any Halloween episode whenever you want, which is great. But you lose that, oh my God, it's coming, it's coming for yeah, you. Yeah. And it's just like this really weird in between. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> We're Listen. all thinking it. Okay, I'm in my childhood experience here, man. <laughs> Coming in your childhood experience? God. Listen. Oh, man. It's, but what's great is that they did such a good job of ingraining that experience on us that, like Anna said, she got her Halloween experience through these Halloween specials. Look at the way that all of us celebrate Halloween and how much of that was informed by these specials. How much of that, you know, getting your drinks from a from a punch bowl like spooky drinks the decorations the costumes that the way that parties are thrown all those things tie back to these halloween specials 
I have been chasing that ever since. Like, obviously, you guys know I go hard for my birthday every year. It's somewhere around Halloween. Um, (laughs) And I, I always try and throw a big party for it. I try and, like, go all out with my decorations. I try and stock up on spooky candies and spooky games. Like, I'm always chasing that, like, the, the Goosebumps color scheme. I want it to feel like being in one of those episodes. So, like, if those episodes are born off of real experience, then art imitates life, then life imitates art. I think, like, it amped up what a Halloween party used to be, and now the expectation for a Halloween party is so hard to meet. My like, expectation was always the Sabrina episode with the river of candy corn through the house. I was like, that's an American Halloween party. <laughs> I don't, like, you know, rivers of the furniture's yeah, gonna fine. talk, and there's gonna be candy corn. I only, I only figured out what candy corn was from that episode. That was the first time I ever heard of candy corn. And to me, it just became this, like, holy grail of candy that I wanted to try because we don't have it in England. And then you tasted it and realized it's No, awful. I love no, it. John, candy so corn good. is amazing. Do you need to leave the podcast? Just sugar. If you like sugar, you like candy corn. I, I don't understand it. I think people are just like brainwashing themselves to be like, oh, this is just candy corn. I don't know. This is a delicious treat that you can enjoy all year round, John. I can't talk. I like peeps. So my opinion is invalid. I didn't grow up with any of this, though. I love it. But yeah, like just watching that episode and like when they said it's candy corn, I was like, well, that looks delicious. What the hell is that? And I only tried candy corn like when I was about 25 and it was just like the best thing in the whole world because I've been waiting my whole life to be able to try this candy. All so, because like, of a Halloween episode. All because of, of that episode. Yeah. That was the the only thing that I had to go off was that episode. And yeah, there's just so many things that I only knew of because of Halloween episodes. And plus, the thing that was amazing to me is, like, that was the only time of year that, like, normal kids would watch horror movies with me. So I would just, like, <laughs> they'd watch a Halloween special and I'd be like, hey, that's based off of this. That's what they're making a parody of. Want to watch this with me? That's the other piece of it. Outside of it, I love that you just said that, because outside of, you know, a group of people like this, um, there are so many people in the world who enjoy horror or who like horror and just like that scary experience, but really they just like enjoy being scared. So when October comes around, they get all in that feel moment as, oh my God, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be scared. Let's watch this. Can we watch it? Let's get the blankets. Let's turn out the lights. Let's get some popcorn. And the popcorn flies the same experience that you can feel when people are on the line for a haunted house. Right, exactly. That same excitement and that energy that you feel from that is what these people are getting. And I want to... From that, from that time where these shows are on. I want to go back to the streaming service piece because, well, one, with what Netflix is doing right now, I just tried to watch a show the other day, and what they're doing is they're now releasing episodes on a weekly basis, so they're just going back to basically what TV was. Are you watching Cabinet of Curiosities? No, uh-huh. but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Real Housewives of New York? No, it's worse. Beverly <laughs> Hills. But um, I, I just, I feel like... There's a whole group of people outside of our horror fanatic land that are losing that nostalgia piece because of the streaming services that are coming in. I really think, and, and it's such a shame because they could capitalize on it. They can, they have so much money and they can, and they, you know, I love that everybody's trying to make horror movies right now and everybody's releasing this and horror is becoming the new shtick because everybody's allowed to make their own movies now, which is great. Some are worse than others. 
But <laughs> I just feel like they're missing that old school feeling that really got to people. That really brought light and attention to this time of year. And it's just, I really, these old school episodes get to bring you back for a short period of time. As much as <clears throat> no one likes commercials, I say as I'm not... F- just here fawning over 90s commercials yeah. <laughs> but as much as no one likes commercials that really is part of it we got a curated experience because we didn't have streaming services we had abc's 13 nights of halloween so you knew when you got home from school you had to look forward to nightmare before christmas at 8 and halloween town at 10 30 or whatever Love halloween and town. every commercial in between there even though you had to sit through commercials it was geared toward Halloween. It was Pizza Hut's Halloween commercial advertising that they now have Casper puppets, which I made my parents go to Pizza Hut every week for. You know what the, the crazy part is? Casper what you just toys. said. Oh my god! Forget about all the people who dumped money into it. Even even the companies who didn't necessarily put all their money into it, they still changed their colors to black, green, purple, and orange. Like yeah. everybody, yeah. The, it was a just universal theme in the United States was it's time for Halloween. We're going dark. Turn out the lights. Yeah, and everybody got to experience it, whether it was low budget or people were spending every dollar they had to be part of it. It was just such a great experience. I'm a little jealous right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting all high guys just staring at me. Although today, I went to McDonald's and I got a Halloween bucket and I didn't think I would feel much. I was just like, oh yeah, I want one of those buckets. And I got it and I was like, I literally feel like a child and I feel like this was what was missing from like my childhood experience of Halloween because like even before Anthony told me, like, oh, yeah, I used to go to McDonald's and you use the trick-or-treat bucket to go trick-or-treating and you go to a Halloween party. Like, just getting that bucket, I was like, oh, my God, I can picture myself as a little kid getting this and it being, like, the best-tasting meal in the world, even though it's McDonald's, and then using my little bucket to go trick-or-treating because I'd never been trick-or-treating. Can you, since it's this time of year, can you actually give us a quick little insight of what your first Halloween in America was like? comparatively to what you oh, yeah, work with definitely. based on everything that you're talking about it seems like you quote unquote missed a lot yeah so what was it like your first year in america what was it like I, to I would love to get into this yeah i would love to get that perspective it was it literally made me feel like i was a child again but like the thing that i always wanted to do was like an american halloween and i used to get really really sad about it like i used to have a lot of Halloween's where I'd be really depressed because my brothers were getting older and they didn't want to hang out with me and watch movies. <laughs> so I would get dressed up and none of my friends had parties or anything like that. So I would get dressed up after school and then my mom would make me like spooky themed dinner by oh. myself. And then I would just go up and like watch a Halloween movie by myself in my costume with my little snacks. <laughs> and th- that was my Halloween. It was like really lonely. <laughs> it's really sad, <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, so, like, the first year I came here for Halloween, I was like, okay, don't have too much expectation. It can't be the same as what you see in all of these Halloween specials and what you see on TV and stuff. And it's literally so much more than I expected. Like, the family element is insane. Because for those people who do celebrate Halloween in England, it is scary orientated. So we do have, like, haunts and stuff like that, but I'm not a haunt person. But nothing is geared towards families. So when I came here and it was like, I'm going on a hayride and then I'm going to like 
meet a spooky ghost and see what adventures he's gone on. <laughs> and I'm going to Target. I love Target. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are officially <laughs> American. <laughs> but no, but like, My favorite Halloween tradition is going to Target. <laughs> it is! Like, the ta- like, having aisles of Halloween stuff is insane to me because literally a shelf and you just get like plastic pumpkins and then candy and then that's it and not that even like the blow mold plastic pumpkins that you guys have here i mean just like tiny little like plastic ornament pumpkins if you want to put them out anywhere and so to me it was just insane that there would be dedicated aisles let alone dedicated like stores like spirit halloween i was like what the hell is this <laughs> like it's insane to me that like it's so bigger and so much bigger than I even thought from growing up on these Halloween specials. So to me, my mind was just kind of blown that my expectations weren't matched. They were like went above and beyond. They were exceeded. Yeah. yeah. I think the really important distinction that we have to make too is Grim, you brought up how for people that love Halloween, for people that love horror, John's doing air there quotes are for you guys who can't see. <laughs> yes, on this on this audio medium. There is a separation between people who watch horror movies all year long and not even to say the casuals, but families during Halloween. And that's why these specials were so important. They were so inclusive. They were family oriented as well, like Anna mentioned, which is why we can go back and watch them. They they weren't threatening. They weren't overly scary. Some of them pushed the the envelope, pushed the boundaries a little bit. But it was great how they were able to include everyone, especially with the fact that a lot of these specials that we remember like the Boy Meets World special, like the Home Improvement special, came from, like, ABC Family or, you know, TGIF television. So, like, what are some of the other ones? Because we mentioned Boy Meets World. What are some of the other ones that really stood out to everybody? Let me uno reverse you, because, John, you now have a son. What's the one that you're looking (laughs) forward to showing him? I've already shown him Halloween Town. He was not interested. He was... (laughs) Playing with his blocks. But, like, no, uh, Halloween Town when he's older, for sure. Uh, I've played the sing-along Nightmare Before Christmas for him, and he was just enthralled with the animation. And, like, that was so amazing to see, like, how the visuals already are grabbing him. And and that's that's really bringing him into that world. Halloween Town's the one that really sticks out to me, because when you talk about family, during Halloween, we would all get together... You know, I grew up with millions and millions of cousins, so we're all packed into the living room, sitting down to watch Halloween Town. And it was it was incredible just to be able to sit there all together to enjoy that, to enjoy something that was very family friendly. And it went on and shaped the taste that I had for other scarier mediums, you know, oh, and, and, and movies as time went on. You just unlocked a core memory I didn't remember I had. Um, <laughs> the first time I saw Nightmare Before Christmas was at my cousin's house for a Halloween party. I was very scared of everything growing up, but Anna, we just got you the, the bear bat from Nightmare Before the Christmas. Vampire. Yeah. The, the vampire. The vampire teddy. Yeah. yeah. The first time I saw that, I ran out of the room screaming. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute. I just remembered that. This is the same guy who just bought a Chucky doll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life-sized. The first time I saw that, that was one of my, like, the vampire teddy. I was like, oh my god, I want one. And I asked my mom for a vampire teddy for, like, years. I was obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas. And, was? Oh, sorry, I am. Um, Like, for anyone who knows me, then I have a huge Tim Burton collection. And, like, to the point where it... I have display cabinets all over my room completely filled with stuff because I've been collecting since I was six or seven. Nightmare Before Christmas just, like, unlocked 
pretty much who I am as a person. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get inundated with the Hot Topic era. I know that now yeah. that you see the Hot Topic stuff, it's like exciting because you didn't get all of that. Yeah, but it's hard like- to find merchandise over there, which is why when I walked into Hot Topic, I was like, this is why no one in America is impressed with my collection. <laughs> because you guys can get it in like a store every day. Everything. Whereas I, like- I had to search all over the world to get things in from different countries for Tim Burton merchandise. And you guys just <laughs> had to walk into the mall. But even think about Hot Topic for a second. You have a store that is geared toward was was geared towards punk goth dark whatever you want to say and even during this time charlie brown pumpkin would show up on a t-shirt and it would it would be a montage to all of these specials you know you and when they originally opened it was the pants with the loops and the belts and i the still chains. have them baby yeah you preach but, to the choir and then october would roll around and all of a sudden Charlie Brown's right there staring you in the face. And it was just, all of these specials were everywhere. It was, I hate to keep relating it to this, but it was, it's the Christmas for people like us. And it's the same specials every year that never uh, cease to, to get old. We love it. And it just brings back that old Good time feel. How much money does Tim Burton put in your pocket every time you say that? Like $11. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That's that's the going rate. Jeez. I do want to talk about Charlie Brown for a second because I only watched The Great Pumpkin three or four years ago when I first came here for my first Halloween. And I didn't have peanuts or Snoopy or anything growing up. Because you're allergic. Yeah, I, I, I am allergic. But um, then I'd always heard about the Great Pumpkin, so I was like, oh, okay, that would be cute. Like, can I watch it? And it just unlocked this thing in me that I did not know that I had. And now I'm obsessed with everything to do with Snoopy and Charlie Brown. Like, I, it's really impressive the collection I've built up over the last few years. Makes my life easy. <clears throat> I always know what to get you. Yeah. Um, but watching that, like, did a similar thing that the Halloween bucket did. It just was like, this should have been a part of my childhood from the beginning. And I feel like I've missed out. So now I have to, like, consume as much of it as possible. Not McDonald's. Just, um... <laughs> the like, merchandise. Yeah, because it's... I, I don't know why, like, I was always, like, really geared more towards the Halloween stuff that was, like, scary and, like, not as wholesome. And now it to feels fair, like though, such a family thing because of an American Halloween experience that I've had. You got more horror than you got Halloween specials, so yeah. that makes sense. Whereas, like... Halloween specials were our gateway into horror. Most of us, yeah, like yeah. we had to sneak into our first horror movie, or like we just caught it on TV after hours on a Halloween night when they were playing like a Vincent Price marathon or something. And that's what was great about those curated experiences too. You got the Twilight Zone marathons, you got the Vincent Price marathons, you got the Elvira specials. So it really made it easy for us to kind of make this segue from stuff that was geared toward us. Like Arthur doing their Halloween specials during the day. Oh my god! <laughs> into you know Vincent Price scaring us at night. But then you meet in the middle and you have things like the Muppet Show with the Vincent Price episode. Yeah, that was like the best episode of the Muppet Show anyway. Like, but Vincent Price just being like wholesome and like family orientated in that Halloween special was the best thing in the world. And then Kermit like becoming a vampire and biting Vincent Price. Just <laughs> The thing I love about the Halloween specials in general is that they always give us 
a departure from the expected from the show that we're watching. Because even thinking about the Ah Real Monsters, which is an already spooky show, Halloween episode, they departed from the expectation of the episode. It was no longer about, like, what the monsters are doing to be scary, which, like, now that I'm saying this, did Monsters, Inc. rip off Ah Real Monsters? Completely. <laughs> we'll get back to that. But anyway. Um, it was about what scares the monsters. So we got a departure from the expected there, too. But, like, Home Improvement, Roseanne, uh, Boy Meets World, and, um, I mean, I don't know how many of you here went down this rabbit hole, but Family Matters? <laughs> I loved Family Matters. Growing up, I was obsessed with Julia White. I think I have an autographed picture of him somewhere. But Steve Urkel on Halloween was that perfect combination of, like, silly and scary. Uh, so there's a couple of different Halloween episodes from Family Matters that come to mind, but I actually, because Anna had never seen Steve Urkel before, uh, I just showed her the first Halloween episode in which it's mostly Steve and Laura trapped in a bank in the middle of a robbery. So you have a real world scary scenario happening on Halloween and it's, you get the departure from the expected where like, it's no longer just Steve goofing around him and Carl have this beautiful moment at the end where they talk about like what it means to be a hero because steve decided to be superman for halloween and like growing up you pick your costume for how you're feeling about yourself or like who you want to be what you want to see yourself as and that guy from die hard actually has to have a like a negotiation thing (laughs) to to me he's the guy from die hard and apparently it his appearance in Die Hard meant so much because he was a cop in this show. And I didn't know that. I was like, that's the guy from Die Hard. I think other way around. But yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing. <laughs> but like, it it really means something to go back and watch Die Hard and be like, that's Carl Winslow, America's number one TV dad. <laughs> and now I know where like the stereotype of like geeks in TV shows comes from because I never knew who Urkel was. And I was like, oh... As soon as, like, he started speaking and was just dressed the way that he was, I was like, I've seen this parodied on so many shows and had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I just thought they were like, oh, this is what a generic geek is like. And apparently it was that cool. Yeah, I mean, to, to piggyback off of that, Steve is a geek and that's his whole MO during the show. And it usually leads him to do, like, some science experiment that goes awry. But, like... We got Halloween episodes that are borderline Goosebumps crossovers later on. Yeah, wasn't wasn't there a, a Stevel episode where we got like a Chucky episode from Family Matters? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Stevel, and I forget. I don't know if this was a Halloween special, but the one where he basically Jekyll hides himself uh, with Stefan. Stefan, yeah. yes. Okay, yeah. yes. I don't remember if that was a Halloween episode. I don't or a think so. I, don't th- I think that was just a random episode. Yeah, that was when they were like, uh, if if we ever want to say that. Uh, <laughs> Family Matters jumped the shark. It was yeah. when they brought on <laughs> yeah. Stefan. They were like, and that was like, no, that was a, yeah, that was an episode <laughs> where they went to Disney, I think, and they had Stefan be Laura's like romantic date. But anyway, oh man, <laughs> actually, the fact that you brought up the transition from like one network to Disney, y'all remember when Doug went full hard on the nematodes and then after Disney we never talked about that horrifying experience ever again. We never got the nematodes ever again but then we did get the lake monster didn't we? Didn't we get isn't that the whole point of the Doug movie? Maybe it wasn't a Halloween special. Yeah I think so. Oh! Wasn't wasn't the lake monster nice in the end? Yes. But we didn't know that initially. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen the Doug movie. From 1997. (laughs) 
you want to know a Halloween special that is truly frightening to its core, uh, I know that there's a drastic difference between, like, made-for-Halloween episodes of things that we love and then, like, Halloween-made movies, like the DCOMs, like um, Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus. But Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, man. I... Ernest was another one that I had, like, a weird obsession with. I've seen nearly every Ernest movie. I found out there are some pretty unsavory ones as I got older trying to rewatch them. But Ernest Scared Stupid is, like, it's slimy, it's dark, it's scary. It's scary because the Chiodos brothers made the monsters in it, and they were the... Were they reused from Killer Clowns? They were or reused Killer from Killer Clowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which was when I was older and I could appreciate that that helped to add another layer of love for that movie but when you want to talk about stuff that you would put on there was like okay maybe this is something that's a little older than where i'm at or like you know a little bit more not so age appropriate yeah Ernest scared stupid was fucking terrifying yeah (laughs) imagine if the killer clowns looked like living doo-doo and were turning kids into boogers or something (laughs) what do they turn turn the kids into something they turned the kids into little wooden dolls, and then they put them inside the tree, and oh, the only yeah. way to defeat them was milk, and there was, like, a Polish grandmother giving the, the trolls milk, something like that. Yeah, milk and the power Fascinating. of love. Fascinating. Yeah, milk and the power of love. Everything frightening to people who are lactose intolerant. <laughs> I definitely need to watch this. This sounds horrifying. We oh, have yeah. to find it. And that's, like, the other thing, because now that, you know, we start talking about this stuff, and we're getting up to the Halloween season... As much as I miss the curated experience of ABC 13 Nights of Halloween, I do love how accessible these specials are. Where, like, I can say, oh, Anna, I want to introduce you to Steve Urkel in the best way possible through the Halloween episode, and we can just find it anywhere. And that, like, going all the way back, I grew up watching The Andy Griffith Show. My parents loved that show. Andy Griffith is another one of those super wholesome shows. Nothing like really bad ever happens in this town. Small town, minor crimes, um, bumbling sheriff kind of deal. But they have a Halloween episode that really, looking back on it, shaped so much of what Halloween specials are. And kind of shaped horror as well. I know I go on these tangents about Scooby-Doo being (laughs) the linking point between, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Phantom of the Opera. But the Andy Griffith show had one Halloween episode throughout its whole run. And it was a haunted house episode. And it was the quintessential haunted house of, like, portrait with the moving eyes and axe floating on wires. It really gave us the Halloween experience before it was really a thing. Like back in the fifties, like sure homemade costumes. We didn't get quite the level of commercialism. There weren't haunts all over the place, but we got an urban legend in a small town about a slasher and a ghost in a show that would never touch on that. Yeah. And it was weird. The fact that they like took it out of uh, syndication because they beat head. uh, Yeah. You know, Andy (laughs) Griffith at the end of it. (laughs) You know the one thing that we didn't talk about? This you want to talk about longest running shows, longest animated American TV series, The Simpsons. Oh shit! Yeah. There's I think there's thirty plus Treehouse of Horror episodes. Do one every single year. Do not miss a beat since I, I don't know thirty something years. Yeah, or, or, yeah. whatever it is. But it, you want to talk about consistency? It's just it, every year you know it's coming. And you're excited for it. I think my favorite one is the one with Willie doing The Shining. Yeah. The, sh- oh, yeah. the Shining. <laughs> the Shining. <laughs> I think that one and the one where Mr. Burns is Dracula 
And he's, like, got the Gary Oldman, like, get up on. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) I was never a big Simpsons fan, and I'm still not. I don't really watch the Treehouse of Terror stuff, but it is, like, the one thing that I do kind of buy into and watch. (laughs) The Tower of Treehouse. (laughs) Of Terror. That's one of those things. Clearly, you don't watch it. (laughs) Yeah. What is it? Treehouse of Horrors. Treehouse of Horrors. So, like... For people who don't normally watch horror movies, the fact that this is all homages and parodies is a perfect gateway for even adults to get into horror that they might not otherwise watch. Or to be like, oh, this season they're doing a Dracula homage, so let me go and watch Gary Oldman Dracula and figure out what that's about. There's also so many actual horror parodies turning up in kids' stuff now. So, like, this is a fair while ago, but... When Scared Shrekless came out, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be kind of cute. And then they did a full-on parody of The Exorcist. And it was genuinely kind of like, oh, oh, I don't know if I'd let my kid watch this. With Shrek? Yeah. So like, yeah, Shrek is is The Exorcist. Oh my God. But they say he's the babysitter. And then Pinocchio is possessed and like his head's turning around and he like levitates and he just like does the like not cursing part of like Reagan's lines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, your mother cooks socks in hell. Yeah, that's that's what he says. And like he it's genuinely quite unnerving. But it's just like now I really hope that kids watching that go like one day go like, Mommy, what's this from? And it's like, well, here you go. <laughs> Happy eighteenth. Um but also wow, like a child. <laughs> one of one of my new favorite yeah. <laughs> Mommy. Um one of my new favorite things in the world are the new Mickey Mouse series. I'm obsessed with them, and I wasn't really a big Mickey Mouse person growing up, but, like, the new ones are so funny. Like, you really expect Mickey to swear, which I love. Yeah, like, if there's any interest Mickey Mouse, they could say fuck. It's oh, it's that definitely one. this one. It's so <laughs> funny. But they did a Halloween special, and... It was basic. They basically ripped off the scared Shrekless uh, concept, like yeah, of doing an anthology while they're like telling scary stories. Oh, and the Van Helsing one. Yeah, they do a Van Helsing one where like um, Mickey, Donald, <laughs> and Goofy are like all Van Helsings, and then there's this random like Mortimer. Thank you, Mortimer is <laughs> Dracula. I didn't even know who that character was. And they do a really good parody of Dracula. And they also do a Frankenstein parody, which is so funny. It's ridiculous. And, like, Mickey is the monster. And he gets up and is all terrifying. And he just starts singing a little, like, Disney song. And it's ridiculous. Honestly, I'm making them sound like they're not as good as they are. They're so (laughs) good. But also, there is a Mickey Mouse short that's called uh, Ghoul Friend where Goofy is a zombie chasing Mickey and it's truly horrifying. I've they never, made Goofy look They made Goofy up. look so scary and his limbs keep coming off and then like he's like crawling with his bones and his face what? is half off yeah. and it's so good. It's so good and like it's the most horrifying you can imagine seeing Goofy and it's such a good story. So yeah, please watch those and Disney. you can show them to your kids at the same time it's fine <laughs> oh yuck oof yikes that's a picture yeah christ yeah google wow. the picture guys <laughs> disney finally started having fun with mickey mouse again and i'm here for it yeah, so because the one that really comes to mind with like original mickey i guess not original but like going way back is lonesome ghosts which was disney's like it was pre-ghostbusters ghostbusters basically yep yeah <laughs> 
uh, where Mickey, Donald, and Goofy are Ghostbusters. But even to that, like, Walt has always wanted Halloween and Disney from the conception of the parks. The Haunted Mansion was his pride and joy when it came to designing it. And unfortunately, he didn't get to see it open. But he was always... He had these grand plans for the Haunted Mansion to be this all-year-round Halloween in the parks. 999 ghosts. He made the Imagineers come up with what they are, what their story is. There were old-school haunt ads for the mansion before it even opened, getting people excited for it. The mansion looked like a regular house, and they made it spookier and spookier as it was going on to keep that Disney magic while it was being built. Um, and now to this day, like obviously the Haunted Mansion has expanded so much with there being four or five different mansions now. We have the movie with Eddie Murphy, the Muppets Haunted Mansion, which just came out last year, which is phenomenally fun for this time of year. But Disney does a thing called Bats Day, which is like basically geared toward goth kids who want to spend the day at the Haunted Mansion. They make bat style Mickey ears and like, I don't know, everybody goes full hard for the Haunted Mansion. There's just so much love and attention to detail that goes into making these Halloween specials special. And as much as we're not seeing it in the caliber that we used to, I'm still glad that we're seeing it. And we're getting these made-for-streamer Halloween specials now, like the Spirit Halloween movie. Hocus Pocus 2 just came back with a vengeance. Netflix just did Curse of Bridge Hollow. There's more than there's ever been before, and there's still that love and attention to detail. Goosebumps is back. It's all just a great way to share Halloween with your family, to create that gateway horror, to bring new people into this dark and spooky world that we live in all year round. I do have a fear of the day for you guys. Your fear of the day is domatophobia. Is it fear of missing out on childhood Halloween? No. Damn it. Is it the fear of candy corn? No. no. <laughs> something something domestic, something within the home? Uh, uh. Is it a fear of haunted houses? It is. Oh. It's a fear of houses. It's a fear of Why did I say it? Why did I just fucking say it? I was right there. <laughs> Snooze you lose. <laughs> Domatophobia is the fear of houses, the fear of home, and specifically during this time of year, the year that gives us a reason to fear home, the haunted house. I'll leave the recommendations to you guys. My recommendation is um, a short on Disney Plus. I know I'm going super Disney heavy. It's, I've only just got <laughs> Disney Plus and I missed out on a whole childhood of stuff. Um, there's a short called Growing Fangs uh, that came out in 2021, directed by Anne-Marie Pace. And it's just this really adorable short story about a half-human, half-vampire kid who's always gone to human high school, but now her parents want her to go to a vampire high school and she's not really fitting in with everyone and people are judging her because she's half human and she's trying to maintain her relationship with a full human without telling them that she's a vampire and she's also in love with this really horrible warlock woman. And it's just a really cute, like, coming-of-age story. So, yeah. I'm actually going to go with the cute stuff, too. Uh, we actually just watched Hotel Transylvania. For the I, first time? Yeah, I was, for the first time what? I've seen it. I gotta I check know, that out too. I, I haven't seen it, it yet. What I, the I hell? Where have you guys it? been? I watched Hotel know. Transylvania too. It's just Anna's story of coming it, it is. It's literally <laughs> but, me. No, but I absolutely loved it. It was adorable. You talk about family friendly. It is right there. For this time of year, it's just so perfect. 
So I'm going to go with uh, the Summerween episode of Gravity Falls. Yes. I recently watched all of Gravity Falls. I absolutely loved it. And when we're talking about the way that Halloween specials and Halloween episodes had a way of just working in Halloween, I love the fact that Alex Hirsch said, well, I've come up with a concept for a show that takes place during the summer, but I've always wanted to have a Halloween episode in my cartoon. So I'm just going to make it that they celebrate Halloween during the summer with watermelons. And now just so that we could get one of the best episodes, one of the best zombie movies contained within that episode. Uh, I, I absolutely love it. So just check out the Summerween episode of Gravity Falls. I guess that just leaves me, huh? <laughs> so uh, I accidentally said mine in the episode. It was supposed to be Ernest Scared Stupid, but I got excited. Uh, so it, to piggyback off of our last Halloween episode where I recommended Fun Size, because that's one of my favorite Halloween specials done by Nickelodeon, uh, I'm going to recommend uh, My Sister's a Werewolf. Which is another real fun, uh, kind of like werewolf version of The Little Vampire. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Oh, on that note, The Little Vampire, they did a CGI remake, and I kind of love it. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to watch that tonight. Is that with the kid from Jerry Stuart Maguire? Little? Yeah. Stuart Little. Yeah, yep, yeah, there you go. Kid. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe they made the mouse the fucking vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Anna. I'm John. And I'm Grim. Happy haunting. Stay weird. I didn't talk about Feffy. Oh, Feffy. Feffy. <laughs>